When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, September 29th, the Uniform Crisis Edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and a half. We live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast called The Best Advice Show. I have two kids. My oldest, Noah, is five, and my youngest, Ami, is two. We live in Detroit. We've got an important question today about a teen who loves his junior ROTC program, except on Wednesdays, Uniform Day. He always struggles on Wednesdays and says he wants to quit. And more concerningly, he's mentioned on aliving himself. So as a content warning, we're letting you know now that we'll be discussing suicidal thoughts. That'll be coming after the second ad break, so you can cut out early if need be. And then on Slate Plus, we've got some requests for updates on my book and Zach's very cool projects. So we're going to take a little time to tell you where things are at with us and how the hell we're still finding time for creative pursuits that are all at once also our jobs. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll get if you have Slate Plus. It was definitely something that was out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways, you know, making like a site-specific museum piece or gallery piece, but it was so fun. Not only do you get a bonus segment from us every week, but you get to listen ad-free when you have Slate Plus. And it's not just us. You get all of Slate's content ad-free and you won't hit a paywall on our site. This show wouldn't be possible without Slate Plus memberships, so please consider joining if you can. You can sign up by going to slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting, but now before a quick break, see you back here in a second. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. 
All right, we're back. Zach, have you triumphed or failed this week? I can't claim the triumph for myself. I am going to note some triumphs from Noah because every week, Jamila, she's just impressing me so much with her with her panache and her her she's just so funny and so sweet we're just coming off the the first jewish high holiday of the year rosh hashanah which is the jewish new year and this begins a big season of of holidays for for the jews um and we went to um my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house for the last couple of days we stayed there they live about 30 minutes north of us in the in the suburbs of detroit they invited some of their family friends over for lunch yesterday and my my wife comes from a big family she's the youngest of four um, and all her older siblings brought their partners home one of her older sisters has a kid so there it was a big crowded table and then they invited their family friends over um two of whom are seven and six years old and yesterday marked the first time that we could put noah and Ami at the kids' table Aww. with these other cuties. Noah had done it before, but Ami has been kind of stuck to our laps during mealtimes mm-hmm. for the most part. But yesterday, um, we put him there and we put him next to his sister. And I, I'm just looking over at the table of these four kids, you know, my two and then the seven and six-year-old. And Noah is like noticing that Ami is, you know, maybe a little uncomfortable and not quite himself yet and i see her just like put her hand on his back and just like rub his back um in such a sweet way and like the all four of them were kind of awkward no and ami and then these two kids who they don't know very well were awkward for like two minutes but then you know within the first couple minutes they are just like having their own conversations and and feeding themselves and eating their meal and just like totally ignorant of the the parents (laughs) we're all just like you know beaming and just like watching it like it's a tv show but um you know, it's this bittersweet feeling of of Noah um, and Ami becoming independent enough to exist without us, you know, mm-hmm. which is, it's such a great feeling that we can then, you know, have our own conversations as adults. But of course, it's also like, oh my gosh, they don't need us. They need us in so many other ways, but like in some fundamental ways, like they, they can coexist and they can depend on each other. In, in ways where just like a couple weeks ago they would have been depending on us and just just seeing that in real time has been such a special thing and especially around the jewish holidays which are you know this these annual ritualistic events where like i can think back to who they were last year um and then who they were the year before and just to just to note their evolving maturity and um love for each other it's i find it very very sweet and tender such a bittersweet moment when you start to see your kids able to, you know, when you can take them places and they can just interact with other people without you having to like guide every step or hold their hand. That is quite the feeling, but it'll make those family social gatherings so much nicer for you and your wife. Oh my God, totally. To like enjoy the adults. Yes. Yes. Finally. Yeah. It feels great. Finally. Yeah. How about you? What's going on with you? Apparently, I've just been failing for a while, uh, I, I found out this morning. We were getting dressed for school, and I forgot what I said that Naima was displeased by, but she gives me the evilest look. <laughs> and, like, she, I walked away from her, and, like, she stepped into the bathroom and, like, 
she steps at like before she gives me like I guess she gives me the look, but I'm walking away so I don't see it. So like, she comes back and stands there giving me the look to make sure that I don't miss it. And once I turn around and see her, she's like mission accomplished and she walked away. But she just wanted to shoot me this look real quick. And it was a doozy. And I said, Naima, you are so mean. And she said, if I said that you were mean every time you gave me a mean look, I wouldn't like you at all. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was harsh. I didn't have to call her mean. I forget that she's very sensitive to that stuff. You know, like it's one thing to say that was mean or what a mean look, but like to say you're mean, you know, it's a value judgment. And Naima doesn't play that. Apparently not. So I messed up. But what was she, what, what, what caused her mean look? I don't even remember. I wish I remembered the conflict. I don't know if it wasn't hair for once. I don't know. It was something relatively small, you know, like, because I know I laughed it off because Naima is mean. (laughs) I'm where I'm here, where I am free, where I know she is not going to access this material. I can say that Naima can be a little mean to me sometimes, you know, Um, and I address it in real time. I don't just let it slide, but sometimes I just laugh at, you know, like. I laugh it off. Like, okay, Naima, you're just, you're being silly. This is not worth a big reaction. And that's what I was attempting to do when she gave me the main look. And then apparently I found out I am the queen of mean looks. Did that come as a surprise? It did. Cause I'm like, do I do that often? And I will say, I don't yell. Like I try to, you know, like exp- maybe I do try to express my displeasure on my face you know, as opposed to like raising my voice. But I mean, this pleasure is different from mean though. Yeah. Like I don't, I give her a lot of quizzical looks. Uh There are many, what were you thinking? What was that? Why was that? You know, is she starting to, I was talking to a mother the other day. Um, It's funny. This is at at temple yesterday. On Rosh Hashanah, she, she told me that her daughter started to get her period. Um, People Mm -hmm. just tell me things, Jamila. Um, I understand. Uh, and she said that, you know, with that, her daughter, who I know is older than your daughter, but her daughter is now blaming the mother for just everything in the entire world. Or do you get some of that? You just get, does Naima oh, just yeah. blame you for stuff that I blame you have nothing everything. to do with? Everything. And like, I have my own, like, I would do that to my mom too. Like, if she said it's gonna rain it's gonna rain it's her fault <laughs> right, you know right, like right. i i like i definitely blame my mom for everything mm-hmm. so i get you know she comes by it honest but i try to call it out i'm like naomi you literally like i wish i had an example but it'll be something so small you know what i mean like she drops something and it's like you looked at me too hard <laughs> right 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 you know yeah for like, sure for that sure made me drop it yep yep so bless her heart i will work on my meanness and we're gonna take another <laughs> quick break We'll see you guys back here for our listener question. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. 
all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Let's dive into our listener question. Dear Mom and Dad, my 14-year-old chose to go to a local magnet school for junior ROTC. He's a freshman and seems to really be enjoying the camaraderie, the physical training, and the teachers. But every single Wednesday, which is uniform day, he mentally and emotionally crashes. And more worryingly, he messages me about thinking about unaliving himself. First, we, me and him, thought it was because of a lack of sleep. The new year just began and his schedule is much busier. Now I'm thinking it's anxiety, really, really bad anxiety. As a former Marine, I've talked to him about the reality of uniforms. He doesn't need to be perfect every Wednesday. Sure, he'll get some points off occasionally, but that's totally all right. I've told him to try not stress out if you have a wrinkle, a scuff, etc., etc. And in the aftermath of uniform day, my advice tends to work until the new week rolls around. Today, he told me he wants to quit ROTC solely over uniform day. I'm not against that option, but it will mean he needs to leave his new school, and there's so much he does enjoy about ROTC. I don't know. What would you all do? Would you pull him out to go to a new school? Would you try therapy and the pediatrician first before taking that step? We're currently waiting on an appointment with the therapist, and he goes to his dad's every two weeks, so he's there at the moment. So I'd love some advice. Thanks. At a loss. So, Zach, what do you think? Okay. The first thing is that you should definitely be sending your your child to therapy or going to therapy with them if they are having these these suicidal thoughts. And I'm also curious, like, when these messages are coming. Are they just coming on Wednesdays, on uniform days, like clockwork? Or are they coming all the time? And then that this uniform thing is just kind of, you know, layered on top of these these suicidal thoughts. So there's a lot of questions that I have about this. Your son having having suicidal thoughts is obviously a massive red flag that no matter where they're going to school, you need to have them in therapy for. Um, and then there's all there's all these sub questions that I have about the uniform. What clothes does he wear um, on non-uniform days? Is his stress coming from getting points off, like you mentioned, or having wrinkles in the uniform? Is it, or is it like more of a philosophical uh, issue with, with uniforms in general? Like, I know he chose this school, but does he have like a critique of, of uniforms or of ROTC uniforms in particular? And I know he chose this particular school, like you said, like he likes the camaraderie and the physical training and stuff, but like, is it in spite of like the ROTC ethos or does he like the ROTC stuff but just not the uniform part um and so like the main thing that I'm just want to untangle here is are the suicidal thoughts is the anxiety just because of the uniforms or are the uniforms a stand-in um for something much bigger so I would like to know a lot more yeah I would definitely like to know more which we did um but I co-signed Zach that the headline here is the suicidal ideations. And that is not something that you want to wait to address. Um, you want to 
get him into therapy as soon as you possibly can. And you want to, in the meantime, have serious conversations about the gravity of suicide, the, you know, that this is a big reaction to a problem that I know you can handle, you know, that uniform day is difficult and, you know, further along in this conversation, you can talk about the possibility of this might not be for you, you know, but I don't want to, you don't necessarily need to lead with that, especially considering that he chose this school for himself and maybe really invest in the idea of being a part of ROTC indefinitely um, or throughout the duration of his high school career. But what's urgent is that, you know, he comes up with a way of coping with stress that does not make him feel like he doesn't want to be here anymore. And you need to identify the source of that stress and figure out if that is something that he can handle, you know, because uniforms are a reality of military life, period. If he intends to have a military career, you know, and there are people that are interested in ROTC just for a while they're in school. And then there are people that, you know, have a vision of a future in the military. Uniforms are going to be a part of his life for a significant amount of time and and uniforms that are going to be inspected and appraised by other people, you know? And so I, I would imagine that if it is the uniforms that are causing him the anxiety, it's not the act of wearing them, perhaps it's the idea of being scrutinized and being judged and, you mm. know, being possibly deemed inadequate, mm. you know? And so I, I can see how it could be an, ins- a, a very anxiety inspiring event, probably for a lot of kids. Yeah. But if it's causing him this level of anxiety, you need to see if that's something that he's able to deal with long-term. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm also curious just about what are the other ways in which uh, kids are subjected to, you know, being observed in this Junior ROTC. I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot of assessment relative to the sort of classes you would be taking at 14. You know, marching and physical activity, memorization. Sitting upright, like all these things that um, you might not. Saluting Uh somebody. Yeah, uh, it's a big undertaking, you know? I mean, like, it's, you're very, like, 14 is very fucking young to be like, I want to do military stuff, you know? Like, it just is. It's an extremely mature undertaking for an extremely young group of people that go into JROTC. Yeah, Um, and, and like, the letter writer is a former Marine, and I wonder, you know, how much of this kid wanting to go to the school is like, like, is he just trying to, to please you? Yeah. Or is it like, he really likes to do it. So really separating, you know, what, what it is about this place that he does like, because it sounds like there is some great camaraderie that he's, he's proud of himself. These are all, these are all great things, but yeah. just getting at like why he wanted to do it in the first place is, is probably a pretty important question. And it's one that, you know, you, pr- you probably have asked yourself already, but I'm just thinking out loud um, as we, as we zoom out here and just kind of think about what your kid is going through. I think you should also ask, you know, has he ever felt that way at other times, you know, in, in terms of feeling like he doesn't want to be here anymore. Is this something that happens frequently? Is this something that only has happened on, you know, a handful of Wednesdays? Um, 
tapping into like what that's looked like for him yeah. and talking to him about things that he can do when he has those feelings, such as letting, you know, the most important one being letting someone else know right away, mm-hmm. you know, that he's not keeping it to himself, Yeah, you know, and also remember that he's valued and loved outside of how well he does or does not do in ROTC, understanding his relationship to this work and, you know, determining with the support of a therapist, if he can safely continue. And there are other schools out there, you know, and this may be a good fit for him in other ways, but if him being there is contingent upon him being in ROTC and he can't function in that environment, that, you know, will just have to be what it is. And I'm also wondering what the social work setup is at the school. Like this, this, this isn't the first time a kid has floundered in some way or resisted uniforms in ROTC. Do they serve the same function as they do in other schools? Or is it like you're trying to get them on board with, with the program? So there's a lot here. Um, and we would love to, to learn more if you feel like responding at a loss. We hope that this has been helpful to you and we would really appreciate to, you know, um, Stay in touch. Let us know how we can be of service to you. Everyone else, if you or anyone you know are ever in a crisis, you can always contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline anytime at 988. You can also go to 988lifeline.org for more information on suicide prevention. That's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday, so be sure to tune in. If you have any questions for us, send us a voicemail or email us at momanddadislate.com. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Chrissy Tywo Macanjola and Rosemary Belson. For Zach Rosen and myself, I am Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.